Welcome to Love and Justice Episode 11, the super serious Sailor Moon podcast wherein I, Emma Fife, along with my super amazing co-hosts, Lola Binkard and Kelby Lenormand, discuss an episode of Sailor Moon Crystal and compare it to its past incarnations. First of all, I just want to say a gigantic thank you to the person without whom this podcast would not be possible. Well, it would be possible. It would just sound like garbage. Justin Langley, who goes by Sunny Headcase Social Media Lee, number one, was kind enough to basically permanently lend me a mixing board, and someday he's even going to teach me to use it, and secondly, applies audio filters to fix all of my subpar recording skills. Seriously, guys, he's a wizard. A sound wizard, as opposed to Beryl, who's an evil moon-destroying wizard? I don't know. This week we're discussing episode 11 of Crystal, act 11 of the manga, episode 36 of the 90s anime, and episode 43 with a dash of episode 39 of Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. These episodes really don't have anything in common, except that they're all about Mamoru one way or another. Don't think about it too hard. Just enjoy the episode! And it had xylitol in it. And I was like, put these away. There's a penny in here. Oh, no. <laughs> penny is in this room. And so I immediately was like, and I'm sure it came across. But I was like, um, just so you know, I found some cookies on the counter. And they have xylitol in them. And that's really bad for dogs. <laughs> so whatever you do, also sugar-free gum, just keep those away from Away penny. from the dog. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. And Penny would just eat it, It'll too. cause liver failure, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Mackey. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch your dogs. Sure, um, sugarless gum is bad for dogs, okay? Xylitol's bad for dogs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, if there's anything we've learned from 90s Sailor Moon, it's that... <laughs> Bad food is bad. I I don't know. Oh wow, you couldn't even make that segue. We finally found a segue that you couldn't manage. I'm a little little scared. I'm a little scared. A a segue failed. (laughs) This episode. This episode could go anywhere now. Are you not feeling? I'm gonna start crying. I think. No, 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 no. no. Don't cry. Don't cry. Because we all just stopped crying after talking about all the things that we used to watch as children. Sad. You know what is sad though. What. Tragic things <laughs> happening to Tuxedo. Oh mask. shit! There we go. There you go. There could be only one. This is some Highlander shit. For for those of you uh, not in the room while we're recording this, Emma and I are fighting each other with yeah. swords. And there's Giant lightning. Swords. There is lightning, and Queen is playing. You, yes, we edited the Queen out probably yeah. because of copyright <laughs> issues. Yes, yeah, the Queen doesn't really want us to just like use their music. No, for free. no. Well, because they're touring with Adam Lambert now, and so yeah. that, that shit's like back in the exactly. So we I have to uh, I have to gain Emma's immortal powers um without the use of copyright. We'll just play we'll play an eight bit version of Who Wants to Live Forever. I think we can get away with that. Yeah. That'll be fine. That'll be totally fine. Um no here's the thing is the episode of the 90s anime, which is episode 36 that we're gonna be talking about is just so stupid. I can't even like find a way to transition it's into being excited to really talk about I had, it. I had to Dumb. just like go back to my notes r- right now because I can't even, re- I think I blocked um, it out and I'm yeah. looking at my notes Let right me, now and I'm like, uh, oh, that's... I can tell you how it how it starts. Oh man. Um, it starts with a dream sequence of Usagi seeing Mamoru as Endymion right. running. However, apparently <laughs> in the 90s version, a battle on the moon just consists of people 
being vaguely on fire. Yes, I noticed what? that too. Yeah, so everything's red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and there's like, just flame shapes. Yeah, he's running <laughs> and she's chasing after him, crying out, and Damien! And just all of a sudden, it's true. It's like vague flame shapes swoosh, erupt swoosh, from the swoosh. darkness. Swoosh. So. Which, where is the army that flies from Earth? I know, where did that big... I know. Also, where did the soldier tornado go? Yeah. Well, There's I'm, no soldier tornado. Maybe they turned into fire. I, oh. That's the only thing I can think of because I am unclear and as And a queen to, song started playing. <laughs> I am unclear as to where the fire came from. Yeah. And I'm unclear as to where the army went. Yeah. So... And, and also, like, um, nobody is, like... He just sort of, like... Vanishes, but he's sort of right. like he gives her this look like right. Aha, I've got this. Well, because yeah. and then he just vanishes into the um the weird fire. not yeah, not yeah. fire. Well, yeah. the thing is that in Sailor Moon Crystal episode eleven, which we're discussing in this episode, like the same thing happens. It also starts with her having a nightmare about right. him in the Silver Millennium, and. Mm-hmm. In her nightmare, there is a fucking war going on. Like, there is an army. There's, like, rivers running red with blood. Yes, shit is on fire, but, like... It's actual fire. There's people there fighting. Yeah, and that's the thing, was in in episode 36 of the 90s anime, like, it wasn't even totally clear that it was... Fire. It right. was just vague fire it was, shape. Um, right. what it, it was re- like the Monet of fire. It was totally the Monet was. of fire. <laughs> it um it kind of reminded me of there's an amazing documentary called Hell House. And yes. it's just about Christian groups that uh put oh on alternative God. haunted houses that show things that will send you to hell. Yeah. Yep. And anytime they have a room that is supposed to represent like demons or hell, it is just a red light. Red mm. lights. Everywhere, yeah, and tinfoil reflecting things, and I feel like that's sort of the same premise at work here. Of like, things are bad. What do we need? A red light. Brilliant. The red background means that shit's going down, guys. I mean, it was it was was sort of like in that episode of uh, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, the one that was like the equivalent of the Princess D episode, where they went to the basement. Party rave, yeah. Where to indicate that that girl was evil, they just like shined a green light on her face. (laughs) Yeah, like that's basically what happened here. Was they were like something terrible has happened to Mamoru. You can tell because there's red. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're talking about episode thirty six of the nineties anime, which is backtracking. By the way, because the last episode we talked about was episode forty four. So sequentially in Sailor Moon Crystal and in the manga. Endymion gets captured by the Dark Kingdom. They all go to the moon and learn about their past. And then Endymion returns to Earth as a bad guy. Right. In mm-hmm. the 90s anime, they don't go to the moon yet. They right. haven't had that whole kerfuffle with the multidimensional chaos world. Right. <laughs> yeah. And see, this this is very informative for me because I have been under the impression that the episodes aired in the United States were out of order. And they were a bit out of order. I am now realizing the story's out the of order. The story is out of order. Oh yeah, the story's totally out so of order. Because I remember yeah. watching these episodes yeah. and being like, oh, they switched these up, I but think. But they didn't. But they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was out of order, just not not because the episodes were aired no no out of no order. not because not because yeah. they edited it weird. It's not in the America's. 90s. It's yeah, not it's America's. Not, it's fault. not America's fault for once. <laughs> for once, this one time, everything else is America's fault, yeah, ladies so and gentlemen. True. Um, also, I I got really mad. It's my second note. Um, when it, you know, it's this whole thing of like Usagi's having a nightmare about 
the destruction of her kingdom and it's very sad and it's supposed to be very scary. And the nineties is like, Oh, we're getting a little dark here. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. Luna's going to be worried about Usagi. So Usagi's going to roll over in her sleep and squish Luna. And Luna's going to go, Serena, you're squishing me. Yeah. Yeah. Because got to put a joke in there. And I think she said something in that scene too, to the effect of, Oh, man, I just want to have a normal life, which is something that we see in the 90s anime a lot that I absolutely hate. You Because it's not like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where there's this underlying, man, it would kind of be nice. It would be easier to just be normal, which is, I think, how Usagi comes across a little bit, but not even really in Sailor Moon Crystal. She has a sense of responsibility in Crystal. Exactly. She does have a sense of responsibility. And, and I mean, we compare Sailor Moon to Buffy Buffy quite a lot. And I I think that that's somewhere where they are incredibly similar, where the nineties anime was incredibly different. The thing is like, this is what bugs me about that whole deal. Is that like, in all the other incarnations, mm-hmm. the manga and Crystal and even Pretty Guardian, she realized it's not just about her personal sense of responsibility. Exactly, yeah. It's also the fact that she has a team that is relying on her and she has to be part totally. of the team. But in the 90s anime, she's just like, fuck this team, fuck this mission. Right. I don't want to do this. And I just want to live yeah. happily on yeah. Earth and, and, and for all my friends and to like be leaving, happy and safe. Quite honestly, leaving your teammates like out to dry when they're like, no, we are doing this is yeah, really messed no, up. No, it really is messed up. Also, her team that is supposed to love her is whenever she's kicking ass, they're like, yeah. And when she's freaking out and is like, I can't do it. They're like, you are garbage. We hate you. Except, you are except failing for Ami. At Ami's like the, except Ami. Ami's the only one who's yeah. like, uh, they turn even, on her say, and instantly. Even, and even still, even though Ami doesn't like get antagonistic yeah. towards her, like the other girls do, particularly Ray, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Uh, not even Ami doesn't really support her. No. She's just like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. It's, just it's a, a very diplomatic yeah, way of very, being like, oh my God. Yeah, it, it absolutely they're, is. The, the, in the 90s, they're very supportive of each other when things are going well. And then as soon as things don't go well, and it's sort it's of like, the, fuck you. It's this disturbing yeah. message that the girls can come together when there's like trouble and, they, and everything's, you know, they have to band together. Right. But- you know, like, you know, girls, when they're left to their own devices, they all hate each other and think each other are fat and want to fight over the same guy, right? Y- yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's how women are. That's kind of I mean, what to me, that's, that's what makes it clear to me that this version of Sailor Moon had more of a male hand in its creation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They don't I understand would, how teenage girls work Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I would like to think as a woman that if it had been more controlled by women, like none of this would have happened. No. Right. <laughs> we would have had crystal 20 years. Exactly. Earlier. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the nineties anime, basically all the episodes that we're talking about today are Mamoru centric somehow. Yeah. Uh, episode 36 of the nineties anime is the first time that Mamoru returns to earth as a bad guy, which happens instantaneously. Basically, he gets captured. The next episode, he's back, he's and bad. he's evil and Dibian. He yeah. spends a night in a spooky tanning bed, and it's evil. <laughs> it, it, what is That's up so with that spooky better. tanning bed? Thing? I was just calling it the pot of doom. I like spooky <laughs> tanning beds so much more. 
I mean, oh, that's so beautiful. Every time we see him back in the Dark Kingdom, there's like one or two scenes where it's like him and Kunzite standing in front of Queen Beryl. But for the most part, he's always like in the weird tanning in that weird and tanning the sound is going. Yeah, and confusingly, like a lot of the time, he's. When he's in the Dark Kingdom, he's in his, like, Prince armor. Endymion yeah. armor. But then when he goes to Earth, he's just evil he's tuxedo, tuxedo mask. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's it's a wardrobe change for yeah. some reason. Which I knew. I, I can't wear my fancy clothes out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get them dirty. It's exactly Which it. I knew that he didn't, like, go back to being good Bomaru until the last episode right. of this story arc in the 90s anime. But I couldn't remember if he, like continued to reappear as evil tuxedo mask so basically the answer is yes he, he does. does so the 90s anime just continued to follow the exact same formula it had been following from the get-go which was introduce a plot that has a monster of the week and then tuxedo mask shows up at the end but instead of throwing red roses and spouting off metaphors of encouragement he now throws black roses his ability to create metaphors is basically gone yeah and then he just like is evilly laughs and is mean he yeah. once again still doesn't actually do, do anything. anything. <laughs> right. But is now like, is now like, your hair is stupid. Yeah, You're not good exactly. at anything. Exactly. Have a black rose. <laughs> <laughs> the you formula is still you there. You know, the thing is, he's not any more or less mean. <laughs> no, it's that's true. true. The only difference is instead of being mean as Darian, he's, he's mean as, as tuxedo, tuxedo mask. mask. Yup, that's a very good point. Wow. <laughs> Although oh, I wow. do think we should have a moment of gratitude for the '90s dub that they did not give him a villain name. Oh, oh I yeah. agree. I'm because shocked they didn't actually. I'm surprised that they didn't give him. I don't even know yeah. something gar- like something. I mean, they came up with the fucking negaverse I like know. they could have called him like <laughs> Shed. nega man like, nega man yeah nega mask he could have been nega tuxedo i am nega tuxedo mask yeah i'm actually incredibly surprised i didn't do that Me too. and that would have been exactly what it was also yes. god i think the only reason they didn't is because they didn't think of it yep well, it also probably wouldn't have fit in the dub with all the syllables. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> like, oh, we'll just have to keep his name Well, and I mean, he says when he shows up at the end of this episode that he's not Tuxedo Mask. But you're clearly but wearing the Tuxedo Mask uniform. All Tuxedo Mask is is a general description of what he's wearing. It is. It's a so, mask and a tuxedo. And he shows up in the exact same costume he always wears. And Sailor Moon's like, yay, Tuxedo Mask. And he's like, I'm not Tuxedo Mask. Uh, uh, you're wearing a tuxedo. You, Excuse me, sir. No, sir. Sir, you are wearing a tuxedo and a mask. <laughs> How are you not tuxedo mask? Maybe they should have. Maybe they should have made his mask like black, right? Oh, to show see? that he was mm-hmm. evil. to show that he was evil, right? But his mask is still white, mm-hmm. as are his gloves. I mean, they and made they made changes to Sailor Mercury's costume when she was Dark Mercury for a while in Pretty Guardian Sailor Right, Moon. so could we not have a visual indicator I, that he's evil? That would be a lot of animation for the 90s. They wouldn't have been able to use their <laughs> usual stock footage. That's very true. Can you imagine if there's just <laughs> all of the frames just had, like, Sharpie outfits on over them? <laughs> I mean, Like, they, somebody just goes through and scribbles well, dark when, stuff when in. When Techi Muyo premiered on 
tsunami, they did digitize uh, bathing suits on all the girls. girls. What? Because they would be in the bathhouse a lot in that show, and like Uh, you're naked when you're in the bathhouse. Oh, it's kind of like how the water in Sailor Moon is like weirdly red when she's in the tub. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Oh, I. Well, they don't want you to have an idea that these people have like bodies. Yes. I just thought that that was what the water looked like in Japan. (laughs) Oh my God. Like I was like, I was like, maybe they put like minerals in it. No, 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 no. That's amazing. (laughs) No, no, no. Oh my God. (laughs) Though, I mean, at one of the Korean. I I grew up Mormon. Take a a lap. Yeah. All right. I mean, at one of the Korean spas that I've gone to, they do have like this tea bath in the water is a slightly murkier color but it's not it's not like the brown that they yeah. made it in the there's American also uh, or at least it was popular when i went to japan like 10 years ago but there's mm-hmm. uh, there was a ramen bath that you could do wait you would like bathe were there noodles or was it just like ramen broth it was noodles you, like you, you would be you'd be oh, in the bath the hot bath <laughs> i don't i mean i, don't, I didn't do I it wouldn't. i didn't do it i just no. know that one of the hotels i stayed in offered wow. it wow and like, okay. so it just had like this family uh, hanging out in like a hot tub. Yeah. Oh, you guys! And then people really dump, and then they would mm-hmm. dump noodles in there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just so stressed. I need something to calm me down. You want a <laughs> massage? No. no. You know what I want? I want to smell like soup. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that ramen back. I just want to bathe in some hot, delicious ramen. Mm. There you Slice go. Some eggs in there. There you go. Lush. That's your next bath bomb. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Is the ramen bath bomb? Ooh, yeah. Anyway, so in typical 90s anime fashion, they introduce the Monster of the Week plot, which this one is about a hair salon. Why does... All right. Here's my here's my question. Okay. It is episode 36. Yeah. Why do we even bother going to new businesses that offer outrageous... De- like, if anyone was like... I know. If, even, I if know. They, even if they were like, hey, they're opening a new Starbucks on Main Street, I'd be like, no, don't go there. <laughs> Fuck mm-hmm. no. There, don't go there. Someone will try to kill you there. No, I totally agree. Like, why do we... Um, also, the fact that they go to this place is mm-hmm. because everyone's like... Oh, our best friend lost the love of her life to the negaverse. Um, you know what she needs? A, a haircut. Makeover. Well, and I, th- uh. I think it's because in there, you know, there's that one moment where Usa in the manga and in Crystal, when mm. she wakes up and her hair has grown, and then I guess and then it was inspired by Minako that. fixes it. Yeah, because yeah. Minako is the one who takes her to the salon. Right, and there is a scene of her brushing her hair in this, like there yeah. is in the manga so and get, in Crystal. I feel like maybe that's where they got the idea. I will give you that. I feel like that is where they got the idea from. But the fact of but the matter it's nothing is, nothing related to exactly. Well, and also like, at yeah. this point, you know, the last few episodes were really pretty strong yeah. for the 90s anime. I mean, there yeah. was a lot of plot. There was a lot of feeling. And then all of a sudden, it's just back to this same old formula. Yep. Oh, but but we are introduced to uh, what I like to call CSI Negaverse. Because oh. yes, because the whole point of this nail, this salon hair salon rouge it, oh that's right that's is right that, <laughs> is oh, that uh, Kuntai finds a hair and is like, this came off of Sailor Moon's head. We're going to analyze it this and analyze and all the other hair. how we're going to find And her. that's how we're going to find yeah. it. And okay, which to clarify, the hair that he has comes from an episode we haven't talked about where as a decoy, Venus put her hair in pigtails to pretend to be Sailor Moon and looked 
nothing, nothing like, like Sailor Moon. <laughs> and one, I, isn't that the one? I don't know, but this is the thing, because I was with you originally. Like, I, Am I, I thought, high? I, no, I thought that's what it was too, but I can't remember what episode that is. Me neither. I actually don't think it's happened yet. I think <gasps> that happens in a later well, season. And then where did the hair come the from? Hair. Well, they explain that uh, when, <laughs> when they're accusing Minako of being Sailor Moon, yeah. she's like, oh no. Some of Usagi's hair, hair got on me got when, on I, was me when I was brushing hair. it. And I was like, wait, Really? Yes. Well, because initially that, because I, I had a note on here that says, oh my God, that is even dumber than I thought. Yeah. Well, because they analyzed the hair on her head mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, some of Usagi's hair got tangled in mine while I was brushing, brushing her, her hair. hair. And it's like, here's no. the, here's, here's the only thing I can think. This is the only way I can justify this. I don't even know why you, I don't even know why you try. So here is the only way it could have happened. Basically, Minako was brushing Usagi's hair with her own hairbrush, and then she Brush brushed her, her hair with that hairbrush. That's how you get lice. I know. <laughs> it's very unsanitary. But I'm just oh saying, God. like, I, I'm not really attempting to justify it, but if you <laughs> need to justify it, that's how you would do it. But I was with you, Lola. Like, I thought that, oh, that decoy episode happened. Kunzite actually has Minako's hair, yeah. not Usagi's. That would have made way more sense, because that's what I thought it was way initially, more sense, too. But that is not but what it was. But that's not what they did. Also, you know? the fact, uh, if you're going to do a Monster <laughs> of the Week and you have these demons, like, have it be, oh, there's this mm-hmm. demon that looks like a bloodhound and it will follow the smell of Sailor Moon yeah. or, like, yeah. the psychic vision. Instead, yeah. it's, like, scientific technology. Yeah, yeah apparently exactly. the Dark Kingdom has a lot of really good scientists in yeah. that minion crowd that's yeah. always hanging out. I know. There's, like, one guy who's been waiting to use his DNA tester. Oh, I know. He's like, yeah. well, I'm the scientist, Yoba. Do you need technology? Well, and they're like, fuck off. And then eventually they're like, we need ideas. And he's like, I have ideas. (laughs) Let's create a hair scanner. Which, by the way, when you go to the salon, if you are a lady, not everyone sits underneath those freaking hair dryers. No, they don't. Um, Also, Uh, let me explain. Um, Again, the people who who made this do do not understand how women's Mm -hmm. stuff works. No. Because they're washing people's hair. Right. They're like, oh, your hair's been washed. Oh, you know what you should try? Our new steamer. No, you, you don't. the hair. No. You, at least call it a hair dryer. Right. Because there's no, let me, there is no reason someone with wet hair would be under a steamer. No. No. At all. Not at all. Nope. Zero, zero reason. Yeah. The whole thing just made absolutely no sense. No. Well, and then also like Minako, they just like grabbed her and was like, and they're like, sit underneath this hair steamer, which by the way, what the fuck is a hair steamer? Like that uh, is yeah. not... A yeah. thing. Also, no. it's making computer sounds. <laughs> it is. It, as you are, as these girls are sitting under these things, they're going like. I was waiting for it to make that really horrible AOL dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Someone in the office makes a phone call. They're like, "You kicked all of the steamers off the network. Hang on." <laughs> I, I gotta mm, dial um, back in. I do want to mention though, because I'm watching the redub mm-hmm. uh, to support my friend. Um, there, I feel I want to say that it was on purpose. There's a little Molly tribute. One of the girls oh, at the salon. Oh, to the terrible Jersey accent. One she of the had girls in at the, the salon. Dub. Yeah, one of the girls who works uh, the salon has a Jersey accent. She's like, "Would you like to try our new hair steamer?" And I was oh like, "Oh my yeah! god, <laughs> yeah, Molly homage." Um, I, one of the things that has kind of gotten bypassed a little bit that mm-hmm. um, makes me really annoyed. Uh, the, the 90s 
version tends to do this weird like whiplash thing where characters will be fucking horrible and they'll be really selfish and awful and then there's one episode where they do something really noble oh yeah and so sincere. we had um we had episodes of sailor mars just pimp slapping sailor I, moon and being like you got tuxedo mask yeah. killed and like i've been fighting you for him yeah. and i'm in love with him in this episode we see her being very stoic all of a sudden and they're she's like i know we need to rescue tuxedo mask Usagi's a good person. And I'm yeah. like, what, what the? Well, and that, did you hit your head? And I also did appreciate, though, that like when she had that moment of being really sincere, which happened at both the beginning and also the end of the episode after Tuxedo Mask does show yeah. up, is that Makoto like called her out on it. Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah. like, you're siding with Usagi? That's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, oh, sorry. No, I just have, I just have a question. Go on. Go ahead. So if... Uh, the whole reason this plot goes down is because we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out who Sailor Moon is. Mm-hmm. If Beryl has this crystal ball where she can pretty much see anything, how has she not watched them transform? Uh, oh, uh, my God. She's always looking at it. Is she watching telenovelas on it and she's not paying attention? To be fair, I don't know that there's like really clear footage of what she's actually looking but at some, in her crystal Sometimes ball. there is. Sometimes she'll be like when she was watching the fight and she realized that Tuxedo Mask oh, you're right. is Prince Endymion. She's watching that fight go yeah. down. Did she not watch Why them transform? she realized? I mean, she, even if... Even if she can't see um, who these people are when they transform, like even if for right. whatever reason, like she's dazzled and confused, yeah. if she's trying to find Sailor Moon and these specific five girls always happen to be somewhere in the area yeah. of Sailor Moon activity. Wouldn't you narrow it down to those five? You'd have a pretty good idea. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So. That- she, t- Beryl is terrible at her job. Everyone is terrible at their job in the '90s version. Uh, also, I just feel like I don't know is um <laughs> is Ray's job being a bitch because <laughs> she's, she's really good, good at, at that. that. <laughs> she's, she's very good. <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like the '90s anime is constantly so full of contradictions and plot inconsistencies and animation styles. Yeah. The scenes yeah. in the salon looked um at times it would be that very rounded mm-hmm. um 90s kind Cartoon-y. of look. Yeah. And then there would be shots that had that super angular 80s Exactly. Well, and for me, the opening sequence where she's having that dream, like that looked like an 80s animation. It did. Me. It really did. It looked it, like the, Rose of Versailles or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like the color palette and the shape of their faces were totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Sailor Moon Crystal is flawless. It's not. It no. has a lot of animation issues, but yeah. like. Which have already started to be corrected. In the Blu rays that they're yeah. releasing. Exactly. And, and how long has the 90s anime been out and they haven't? Yeah. 20 years. Yeah, Fixed 20 anything? Years. Over 20 years. More than 20 years. Over 20 years. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I actually, I just sort of kind of got taken aback for a minute because there's yeah. a shot of someone and it looks like the way her face looks in one shot, It, I, I said to myself, it's like Rose of Versailles. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it is. Yeah. There are some it moments that totally the most look like that. dated shot and then they would cut yeah. back and everyone would have really round faces and rosy cheeks it's and then so it would cut weird. back and there'd be an angular mm-hmm. shot again. Look like Rose of Versailles again. Yeah. Let's talk about this Yoma. Oh, my. Your your good old Monster of the Week. Uh, I would like to. It's really uh, roided up. I would love to share with everyone uh, a direct quote from Lola. Oh, my God. What did he say? Which was. Hold on. 
oh, get it? It's a barber pole. Fuck everything. (laughs) You know what? I didn't realize that it was supposed to be a barber pole until the second time I watched this episode as like a refresher of like what we're talking about today. And I was like, Oh my god, it's a fucking barber yeah, pole. Yeah, it's a barber pole. Mm, I believe fuck this. I don't remember saying that, but I believe I did. Also, oh, I you said it. her weapon, I initially thought was a chainsaw, like based on the sounds it, it was making. Like one. No, it's supposed to be um shears, like you like electric shears that you used to like shave oh. someone's head. Like razor uh, cutters. Why? Yep. No. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you were making a scary monster and you're in a hair salon. Mm. Why are her hands not scissors? That's what I'm saying. And also, why isn't her hair like a weapon, you know? Yeah. Mm. That like Medusa, like uh, Medusa yeah. in the Marvel universe. Her yeah, hair is a weapon. exactly. Like um, there were just so many better ways to do this monster. Yes. Oh, and I love, I love the part <laughs> where the monster is like lunging at them and she takes a leather belt off of. W- nowhere uh, yeah. and is like sharpening a straight razor on it. This so isn't weird. a barber shop. I know. She became this like a, a weird, she's a weird like, roided up. This is not like Sweeney Todd demon barber. That's what I was going to say. Like, she's a roided up demon Sweeney. Yeah. Girl, girl salons don't, unless you cater to both genders, like, it you is don't have not straight straight something mm-hmm. that you have in a women's salon. Unless, you don't have straight razors are we, and straps. Well, are well, we missing a secret where the the best way to shave your legs is with a straight razor. What? I mean, that's all I can think. The other thing is too, that like all the other women in this salon seem to also be possessed, but they didn't turn into Yoma. They became that one Yoma. Oh, that's right. Because at the because I was confused too. But oh, at the um, at the end when we cure them, oh, it's they like, all like separate and yeah, there's a pile of them. It's the one lady and her assistants who are all wearing um like a mini dress made yeah. out of scrubs. Yeah, yes, yes, they yes, do yes. look like that. I think whoever wrote this episode has never been near a woman. <laughs> well, maybe, I'm maybe. trying to think though because they're I, like when uh, I, girl stuff. But Ugh. to be fair, when I was in Japan, I did go get a facial one time, and I want to say that the women did oh, wear uniforms, kind of like okay. that. Yeah, but yeah, but the the one Yoma is made that, up of all that really famous hairstylist right, who won right. whatever competition, and then all of her assistants, yeah. and they become that one giant Yoma. My question is: Was the really famous hairstylist the one that was threatening Minako with? Hair cutting scissors to the point that she just laid there and didn't do anything. I think so. I that was incredibly confusing to me because <laughs> number one, hair scissors, yes, they are good for cutting hair, but they're not that threatening. No. It's not her hand did not become a giant pair of scissors. No, it no, was, no. It was like a little tiny pair of hair cutting shears. Yeah. I'm pretty like, sure. I'm gonna shank you with these cuticle scissors. Yeah. And like, like if you were like a normal teenage girl, maybe that would be really freaky. But we're talking about Sailor <clears throat> Venus, I know. who has right. fought monsters, has powers, yeah. and has seen weirder shit than this in the last week. Yeah, like in in the 90s anime, literally survived an explosion in yeah. London and faked her own death. Right. Essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and has been crime fighting longer than all the other sailors. Exactly, compa- you know. But, but she is just completely useless uh, in the face of haircutting scissors. Yes. Oh man, uh, <laughs> this episode was a mess, you guys. So, it was all over the place. So then, um, <laughs> there is. Oh man, if you thought um, tuxedo mask oh, posing god. in an elevator was a great way to make it, <laughs> oh my god. god. Uh, so they are fighting this um, monster with um, things that ladies don't use in a lady salon. Yeah. And all of a sudden, 
Rose throw. <laughs> a barber. The rose throws. And they go, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Tuxedo mask. He's must back. be here. Hey. And a chair. <laughs> One of those salon chairs. Oh my God. Just spins around like you've entered a CEO's office. Yes. And it really was. It was like Dr. Claw. With the cat. With the cat. I thought he was going to have a cat on his lap. And it's Tuxedo Mask. (laughs) All evil. But it's, I'm sorry, I am not intimidated by someone lounging. In a chair. In a salon chair. This is like evil Tuxedo Mask's big debut. Yeah. And he he's lounging descend. in a lawn chair. He doesn't descend from the ceiling. No, no. He doesn't stab anybody. He doesn't throw Mm-mm. crazy powers that knock everybody down. He's it would just, have been way more intimidating like, oh, if hello. he jumped out of a mirror. Something. Yeah, that would have been cooler. But anything. instead, he turns around he's in a sitting salon in a chair. chair. Throw, have, have the rose be a goddamn grenade. Like, have him throw yeah. a rose and it explodes. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, and then also, he spins around in this chair He's like, whatever, I'm not Tuxedo Mask. And then he just leaves. Like, Usagi keeps fighting this Yoma. And he just pieces out. But not before making rose metaphors. About, like, every rose has its thorn something something. He didn't, I mean, in the, in the. Roses turn, something about roses turn black. Yeah. And die or something. Yeah, well, that was the thing was like, it was like a very poorly constructed metaphor. First of all, roses do not turn black. No, No. they actually don't. I've never seen that happen. They don't do that. They turn like a really sad red with Mm -hmm. with like black edges. Mm -hmm. They don't literally turn black. Black. Right, because when he throws the rose, it's red. And then all of a sudden we cut back to it and it's black. Like, yeah. And then he, he does. He just gets up and leaves. And he, and he also makes a really sexist comment about female friendships. He does. That's right. Actually, that comment, I was like, well, that just sums up the opinion of the 90s anime yeah. in general. Yeah. 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 It's like female friendships are very delicate. Uh, something like when the weather changes. I don't know. It was so yeah, weird yeah. and sexist I, that I, I blocked I it out. I wrote, I wrote down... Uh, oh, I guess that he did get his monologue. This uh, this is after the fight that he manages right. to actually successfully monologue again. And I was like, oh, I guess he still does have his monologuing abilities. And I wrote, a woman's friendship is fragile, question mark? Yeah, in the 90s anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just listen to the theme song of Sailor Moon Crystal. You know it is not fragile. Right? I, I, the only, I want to support you. That's one of the lyrics exactly. in this new theme song. Uh, I um, want to support you. I Also, I wrote down apparently, because uh, at the end of the episode, Episode, he's like back in the dark kingdom, back in his- surrounded by all those minions who are uh, probably earning hella um, overtime at this at point because they have been standing there for at least six months yeah. at this point. Yeah. But they show Metalia, and Metalia in a previous episode we discussed was basically a Pokemon, but here Metalia seems to be some threatening red intestines um, with, with a mouth. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Metallica changes shapes. Everybody changes yeah. their mind about oh, everything. Um, <laughs> going back a little bit, uh, things that ni- the 90s version really let drop. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls, when Tuxedo Mask is in his his uh, salon chair, <laughs> he says, you know, I am Endymion. Everyone goes, what? <laughs> no, have, <sighs> no one knows his goddamn name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one has used this name. Like, yeah. that is their version of a bad guy name mm-hmm. is his own, own actual name. Well, that goes name. back to, like, the Negatuxedo mask. Like, that would have been somewhat more threatening. Right. But literally, he's like, I'm Endymion, a soldier of the Dark Kingdom. And everyone's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Also, sure. in <laughs> all of your memories, 
you're no one's gonna be like, oh, that's his real name. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone acts like it's a spooky name. Yeah. Like he was like, I'm Moon yet. They haven't gone to the moon right. yet. But oh, in the right. last episode, See, I already forget I that shit. But in the last episode, like we found out literally in the last episode, yeah. they talked about Serenity and Endymion. Right. So obviously nobody was paying attention during the last right. episode. Everybody <laughs> filled that pop quiz that came after that. Oh God. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> In terms of, I, I think the thing that makes me so, the angriest, aside from women turning on each other in the 90s, mm-hmm. is um, minimizing the weight of what's happening. Yeah. It, and a perfect example is I agree. no one says, uh, you know, as they say in other versions of this story, you know, Endymion is dead. You have to let him go. He's mm-hmm. gone. What mm-hmm. they say, what they fucking say <laughs> is when, uh, when he like pieces out to the Dark Kingdom, mm-hmm. they don't say... What have they done to the person? They go, I'm sure he's been tricked. Yeah. Tricked. Well, yeah. Well, this is like punk. This, this episode ends with Fuck Usagi. You, tricked. It's a sitcom ending. Jumping up and down, being like, yay, Tuxedo Mask is okay. How is, he's not okay. He's not okay. If, if your boyfriend disappeared for weeks, <laughs> came back and tried to kill you, you wouldn't be like, he's a little confused but right now. But here's the thing, to her credit, he didn't really try to kill her. No, he did not. Like, they just, I felt yeah. that. I made the note. It says, I didn't think it was possible for Tuxedo Mask to do even less. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, because we'll, true, we'll talk about Crystal next because, I mean, there's just such a stark contrast because the episode we're talking about of Sailor Moon mm. Crystal, which is episode 11, right. is also about the first time that evil Endymion shows, shows up, up and starts wreaking mm. havoc. Right. And he's actually like legit trying to get the silver right. crystal not mm. just throwing black roses and he's completely different from the mamaru that we knew completely before he different. got kidnapped totally different. and one of the i'm i'm kind of jumping the gun but mm-hmm. one of the ways that he is different is how handsy he gets with mm-hmm. usagi oh yeah. have you noticed that oh like, yeah now that he's evil he has no respect for her boundaries yeah no respect for her personal space yep. and he's mm-hmm. like touching her hair and holding her hand and like getting all up in her biz. I know, but he's sort of sexy. No, yeah, yeah, kind of. But I mean, like, it's, it's like, like a, it's a stark contrast to Mamaru, yeah. who it's, is like... Right, who's very... Again, Buffy, Buffy, Buffy comparison. Yeah. This is Angel and Angelus. Yeah. It's so freaking true. Oh, it's so good. Which Did, we'll get into in the Joss, next episode. Uh, yeah. Joss Whedon likes Sailor Moon. I'm sure he's seen it. Yeah, he's got to. He's probably sure he's familiar it. with it. I bet he watched some of it and was like, I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Buffy came and to that's life. that's how Buffy came to be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, so this episode starts more or less the same way where Usagi is having mm-hmm. a nightmare about terrible things happening is, to Endymion. Are we talking about Crystal the, now? Yeah, Crystal. Yeah. Okay, is this good. the dream in the manga where, like, she sees him and then all of a sudden there's the panel uh-huh. of him all melty yeah, and creepy? Yeah, where he sits up and his, his uh, skin melts off of his skeleton. Kind of like uh-huh. the arc... Of the Covenant kind totally, of? Totally, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was really traumatizing. Yeah, the, the manga is really, has graphic. a lot of really graphic dark images, How by the way. did we go from that manga <laughs> to this fucking Garbage. 90s thing? To the 90s thing? How yeah, did that I happen? I, this I don't is, know. This is as, this is like on a scale of 
Avatar The Last Airbender to the movie. The Avatar yeah. movie. I agree. Yeah, 90s yeah. Sailor Moon, it just feels, it, it feels very campy I, yeah. and surface level and formulaic. And I feel like maybe the, at the time, maybe there was just a whole lot of boys anime on there. And they were like, well, if we're going to make this work. We need to make it, we need appeal, to make it appeal to boys. To boys too, yeah. because they're the ones who are watching anime right now. And yeah. if there's, if there's anything boys love, it's looking at how stupid girls are. <laughs> Uh, Also, um, comparing in terms of in the 90s when she wakes up and she's had a nightmare. In the 90s, she rolls over. She crushes Luna. It's a bit about how she's dumb and fat. Um, In Crystal, she wakes up and she says, I'm sorry. I love you, Luna. I know. She is grieving for her lost boyfriend and she is clinging to her friend and and well uh, and that comes directly out of luna making a comment about how she feels kind of neglected and like she's not able to help usagi right and usagi's like no 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 you are helping i love don't worry about me (laughs) one of my favorite things about luna in crystal and the manga is when she regresses to normal cat behavior i know so like when usagi picks her up she kind of has a moment of like hmm no, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about serious um, things right now. Uh, in terms of uh, evil tuxedo mask in Crystal. Yes. Uh, going back to uh, Lunar Chronicles mm-hmm. tie-ins, it's oh. really, really cool because when he uh, shows up as, you know, evil Mamaru, mm-hmm. and he puts like this crazy like hypnotic trance on people yeah Yeah. he does that's how that's how the people from the moon are they can Mm. control people's um, minds people's minds in the the lunar in the lunar chronicles Chronicles, like if you are if you are from the moon you can be like oh you don't want to let me in but remember, I'm your best friend. Don't you want to do? And then you're yeah, like, oh like, yeah, uh, I like, do want to do what you tell like me the, to do. It's uh, like the vampires in the Sookie Stackhouse books. Exactly. They can glamour people uh, and make them do what they say. Yeah. Well, and I mean, right from the get-go, like he shows up as evil Endymion and he's nine million times more threatening. Yeah. Than- oh, yeah. Although I'm glad mm. to see that he had a wardrobe change. Yeah. Because, because in, in the, the manga, manga, he's wearing like a cat. Like a cow print vest. He's wearing a cow print vest. Oh my God. Um, That was the height of fashion in 1992, guys. Oh my God. Japan was crazy for cows. Oh yeah. Oh man. And see, you can't make fun of me for thinking that water was a different color. They wore cow print vests. (laughs) Okay, Sure, because that's related. Totally related. So yeah. (laughs) Japan Um, is weird. So he shows up now wearing a Silver Lake original hipster sweater. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Oh my God. And he would turn heads and echo. Oh, man. Man. Catch him at your local fair trade coffee shop. Oh, my God. (laughs) All the girls at Vegan Brunch would lose their (laughs) minds. All you need is to have him ride up on a bicycle and they'd be gone. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so he shows up and he basically gets rid of one of Motoki's buddies. Yeah. And, like, takes his place. What the fuck happened to actual Endo? I like, don't know. Motoki's friend. Yeah, he's, I don't know. He's gone. Like, Mamoru comes in, and Endo and Motoki are like, yada, 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 we're going to the arcade, it's going to be great. Yeah. And, and then Motoki's like, oh, hey, aren't you Usagi's friend? Yeah. He's like, no, I'm no, your I'm your friend. friend. <laughs> and then Endo, real Endo, is like, 
what, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. he's yeah. like, and he just wanders off. amnesia and just wanders away. Yeah, and then oh. later on when that girl who goes to school with Motiki is like, I don't know what's oh, going yeah, on. Yeah, and she mentions, with Mamaru. Yeah, well, and she mm-hmm. mentions, oh, and Motiki, that's right. They go to school together. I forget that. But she that. mentions yeah. to Ray and, uh, um, to Ami and, Ami and Makoto. And Makoto, that's yeah. it. She was to Ami and Makoto that uh, they haven't <laughs> seen other Endo. I know! In a really long time. Where did he go? I don't. Like, he's not coming to class. He's not. And you know what? That's fucking terrifying. That's terrifying. really creepy. It's evil Endymion in Sailor Moon Crystal and in the manga is really creepy. He's terrifying. He's really terrifying. Because he's supposed to be. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and like, his whole like seduction of mm. Usagi like touching her hair mm-hmm. and like being like oh it looks like Sailor Moon I mean he has no he has no personal boundaries no. with anyone because I wrote down that when he was basically being like hey Motoki we're buddies I was like this is slightly homoerotic and I'm okay <laughs> I'm with all it. right with it yeah it was kind of it was kind of hot I was kind of into it I, yeah. I feel like uh evil Mamaru was just like do it with randomly everybody. wants to do I know. everybody. I know. I'm, he's like I'd be okay he's like with just it. as sexy as Dark Mercury, but like in a totally different way than her. Yes. yes. Where she's just like, fuck everything. I'm awesome. He's like, <laughs> I will fuck everything will and fuck I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Cheers to that. Yes. Cheers to yeah. that. That was good. You're welcome. Uh, all the, I mean just everything about evil endymion it just like uh-huh. oozes like sexy creepy yeah. like there's a creepy music box music yeah. and and he's getting all close and like yeah he's like oh, seconds yeah. away from sniffing usagi's hair well exactly and and what makes her sort of come to her senses is the fact that like he has a nickname for her uh-huh. and so she's like i'm usagi and she's like i know it's not mamaru but i just want to i just I can't help is. myself yeah. i want to go Mm-hmm. learn more about this guy and he's right. like I want to know everything about you yeah. but he doesn't call her Usako no he doesn't and he, that's the moment where she's like she's it like, can't oh, be him oh shit it's not him because he calls me Usako yeah um, so also I the thing that I got and I might be reading a lot into this but going back into the whole thing of like he just wants to like bang everybody <laughs> yeah. is it reminds me of that idea of like Dracula having powers of seduction yeah. very much so it feels well like hey he does dra- he does dress, he does dress like, like a like Dracula, Dracula. Well, that, it, it feels like his his powers are kind right. of tied like he's he has like sexual powers like yeah. he's like he's using like Usagi's like lust exactly. brain and her heart mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like he's brainwashing her but he's also doing it by like seducing her. He's yeah. absolutely it's seducing like he her. He has sex powers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Literal yeah. sex powers. Definitely does. Yeah. Terrifying. Very much in character, as we said, with the costume that he wears, which is clearly, well, clearly inspired by Dracula. Dracula. Yes. <laughs> he has Jesus. the freaking medallion. He does. Like Dracula. Oh, that's okay. what Sa- Sam is always pointing that out when we watch Sailor Moon Crystal. He's just mm-hmm. like, he has mm-hmm. the Dracula medallion, though. And I'm like, Sam, get off the Dracula yeah, thing. He He's like, but no, look at it. He does, though. It's yeah. not totally fair. He does. <laughs> I would not stand a chance. Yeah. No, I, I'd be gone. I'd be, I'd be I would, like, yeah. whatever you I want. Mean, and, and this is the thing, actually, that I, I really liked about this episode and Usagi ultimately resisting him. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. that he basically goes, what the hell? My glamour, my hypnotic yeah. suggestion didn't, didn't work. work on her. Yeah. She should have been putty in my right. hands. But she's too strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. Oh, I love that. So uh-huh. cool. I just love that. You know what, though? I feel like if it was Lorraine Conquista tuxedo mask, 
getting like that. We'd all be fucked. We'd all be <laughs> and pregnant. Yeah. Fucked and pregnant. I don't, I would not stand a chance. Yeah. I yeah, wouldn't, yeah. not it's at all. so true. All she'd have to do is be like, your hair reminds me of Sailor Moon. I'd be like, yeah. Yep, okay. Okay. So I'll wear it like this for you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that was another thing, actually, speaking specifically about the, oh, your hair looks like Sailor Moon. Like, at least the Dark Kingdom yes. suspects that Usagi is Sailor yeah. Moon because of her hairstyle. Thank you. I'm so glad that they like they are. They have it. eyes. They, yeah, yeah, they they you get the impression that like they they kind of know. The Dark Kingdom is way better at their job. So <laughs> much better in this incarnation. So much better, in fact, that Evil Mamoru does successfully use hypnotic suggestion on Makoto, right, uh-huh. and gets into and gets the her to go to their secret headquarters. So scary. It was uh huh. So terrifying. Well, and doesn't he bring Motoki down there with him? Oh, too? Yeah. yeah, so now we've oh, got yeah. and two then, intruders yep. in yeah. the headquarters. Yep, and technically her in a way, too, because yeah, she's, she's possessed. under yeah, evil power, yeah. and she basically calls everyone and is like, hey, you guys got to get here, and then uh-huh. she's, like, leaning on the console, like, telling them, like, oh, I think we might be compromised, and Luna and Artemis are like, shit, guys, this isn't good. Yeah. Uh, what is it about becoming evil that just makes everybody Jordan Catalano lean on things? Or, yeah. or sit on top I of wrote, a pillar? I made a note. <laughs> I made a note after watching, we watched the 90s episode first. I make an, I made a note that just says, now that's how you sit on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it's you sit true, on stuff. Seriously, seriously. The one problem I did have with this episode, though, which I didn't have reading the manga, because at this point in the manga the Shitano are basically all dead, dead yeah. is that they're still swearing up and down because because their initial reaction is that's not Mamoru. Right. It's not him. It's absolutely not he him. He just looks like him, but it's absolutely not him. Right. But they already know that the Shitano, are their possessed. past lovers, yeah. are possessed. So why why isn't their so, first yeah. response? Why isn't their first response, oh shit, that happened to Mamoru Your too. boyfriend yeah. is possessed like Two. our boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the one problem yeah, I had right. with it. But super minor. It is. It's super In minor. It, it really. <laughs> I mean, compared to uh, the yeah. boatload of problems uh, with the right, nineties right. anime, I will take minor quibbles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then uh, we have Jupiter is like, you got to make sure the crystal's safe, and Sailor Moon is like, the crystal's right here, and she's like, don't mind if I do. Oh my god, yeah, that yeah. was crazy. And then. She gets the shit knocked out of her yeah, because Venus goes nope. nope. Yeah, bam. Venus is so cool in this episode. She's amazing in this episode. I actually wrote in two places. I wrote, I wrote. Ray is so fucking awesome. Sailor Venus is amazing. Like, it was just so <laughs> Everybody's much. Everybody's kicking yeah. ass. And you know what? Other thing. I mean. <clears throat> And I went back and tried to watch all the other transformation sequences just yeah. to confirm this. They get new transformation music. Yeah. They do. And yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Their it transformation music so is so amazing. Dramatic. Yeah. They kicked up that guitar. Yeah. Like, you saw all, to all 11. three of them transform yeah. in sequence. And new music. Uh, and you also got to see Venus use Love Me Chain for the first time. Which so cool. Which, like in Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon and in the manga, um, is a physical attack. Like, yeah. it's not a magic. She no. literally takes the chain off her waist. It's like and Indiana I mean, there's Jones. Some, there's some magical elements to her being able to control it, but it is. It's like Indiana Jones whip. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, <laughs> she knocks... Makoto. Yeah. The fuck out. Like, not like knocks her down. Like, she cro- she flies across the room and slams into a pillar and yep. is out. And then, there, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mask is like, yeah, tries to take the yeah, crystal. Yeah, Mochi is like, does. don't mind if I do. And she's like, nope, whip. And yeah, she like hits him first and yeah. then yanks, wraps, wraps the, the yeah. chain around the crystal and, and takes yanks it. it back. 
so good. I had such a lady boner for that moment. Oh my God. This is is one of the moments when I I wonder what sport the neighbors upstairs think Think we watch. Because we make sports sounds when things like that happen. It might as well have been a touchdown. Absolutely. uh, In my mind, it's better than a million touchdowns. (laughs) Totally. Well, and then I liked too, once again, like going back to like Usagi is the heroine and has to make difficult choices is all of her friends basically are getting beaten up mm-hmm. and eventually tuxedo mask like throws Luna across the room. Which I side know. note, side note, the villain, your former boyfriend is physically beating people up. It's almost right. like villains he's, would actually right. be violent. He's not, yeah. You mean he's not just throwing roses that and seriously transform from red to black? Right. For no. no reason? He knocks Luna against the thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then that is what inspires Sailor Moon to be like, I have to do something. Yeah. I can't just sit here and watch my friends get pummeled. Get pummeled. Well, and one of the the thing that Luna yells like when she like jumps out of his, I know who you love. Aww. She loves you. Which is also something that we see in this version. It's when when things go wrong. This is a she's a teenage girl. Yeah. She's reincarnated, yeah. but she's a teenage girl. In the nineties, Luna is always on her ass yeah. about it's you, true yeah suck at everything yeah and in this version her her response isn't like you're you're bad you need to be better it's i've let you down yeah. yes every time Luna yeah. puts it on herself yeah. i didn't do my job right. i'm sorry yeah. it's well, my i mean fault. to the to the point that you know luna does have so much guilt and takes so much responsibility for every little bit of suffering that usagi ever takes that artemis is like Luna, you you gotta cut yourself a break. Yeah. Like you are, yeah. you are doing the best you can. Yeah. Well, and all, and so and they knew that she was like that, and that's why they sealed part of her memory to yeah. forget that Usagi was even the princess to begin with. Because they right. were like, we knew this would be too hard for, for you because you cared about because her she loved so it, yeah, much. She loved her so much. Yeah, I'm a little teary eyed. I know. I have a lot of. I had a lot of Luna feelings Ugh. this episode. Yeah, it really got me. Uh, so Usagi like gets her act together. She transforms into and Sailor she Moon. She doesn't just transform. Instead of her normal transformation music, oh, they play the gut wrenching sad it's, music. It's what I call. I don't know. I'm sure there's an official yeah. name for this part of the soundtrack. I just call it the sad music. Yeah, that's what I call yeah. it too. It's when shit is yeah. going down that- and things are heartbreaking, and we're like referring to the past in some way. So her transformation takes place with like serious music of like, uh, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And then after unsuccessfully healing tuxedo mask, Barrel, barrel appears behind his Oh tape. my god, that was so cool. My, so uh, cool. It's my, cool every time. It's cool every time. Uh, my note is, surprise bitches, barrels, <laughs> barrel's here with her new boyfriend. <laughs> like yeah. when I was watching this, I, I love the fact that be, uh, when I have to watch things to do research for our show, Sam watches it with me. Right. It's, it's my favorite thing. And when he puts uh, the cape down and there's fucking barrel, he <sighs> his reaction was to go, ah! <laughs> that's a really honest reaction i know yes. i mean like i probably would have screamed too if he hadn't scared me yeah <laughs> see this is um we're talking about something called literally the dark kingdom yes. I know. it is a force of evil they would do creepy shit like exactly this. Yeah, exactly she would descend from the sky like evil space jesus she would appear behind a cape like yeah, the, yeah. someone She's who is terrifying. the queen of a dark mm-hmm. kingdom would do things that make you go yeah 
Yeah. She's I mean, she already so had that amazing intro moment right. in uh, the episode where Sarah Venus Tokyo, was first yeah, introduced. Yeah, where she like descended from the sky. I mean, that was crazy. So cool. Bana- it's the first time that I felt like uh, Beryl so is, is yeah, like a you're force fucked. to be reckoned yeah. When Beryl shows up, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. You're like, oh shit, Beryl's here. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, Beryl is such a strong character. She's but so a, cool. But in a very different way. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she is not an active threat by any means. No. Except basically in the one episode where she confronts them and uh, and the princess Sailor Moon first right, appears. right. For the most part, she is just in the Dark Kingdom. Yeah. And what I love about Beryl in Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon is she is basically standing by watching history repeat itself. Yeah. And going, there's really nothing I can do yeah, about this. She basically realizes that she's along for the ride just like everybody yeah, else. Yeah. And that she fucked up. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. By reawakening Metallica. Yeah. Which yep. is so cool. she's so, oh God, she's such an interesting character. Mm-hmm. She's a, very much a mm-hmm. matriarch. Totally. In Pretty Guardian yeah. Sailor Moon. Yeah. yeah. She's Absolutely. like she like directs people where to go and she's chastises, but yeah. it, she's not I mean, in in Crystal, Beryl's mm-hmm. an active player mm-hmm. in the fight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like she's almost like the player moving pieces in a chess game. But in she's not Guardian. actually in the battles in Pretty Guardian right. Sailor Moon. She, mm-hmm. She's the queen. <clears throat> right. She exactly. She's the queen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and and with Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, it was difficult to decide what episode to talk about for this because Mamoru doesn't actually become evil until the second to last episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of by his own choice. Um, yeah. But just picking up where episode 38 left off, we did uh, rewatch episode 39. Well, Kelby and I did earlier, and I know, Lola, you've seen it. I I have it committed um, to memory. But <laughs> the funny thing is, episode 39, so the main premise of that episode is that Ikuko's going to become like a home mom reporter. reporter, which is what stood out in my brain because it's so ridiculous. Right. And by and large, like, the plot, yes, the production design is outrageous yeah it's all kinds of recycled power rangers monsters yes it is but most of the plot lines in pretty guardian sailor moon particularly after you get to a certain point tend to be pretty serious Mm -hmm. so the fact that they deviate and have this episode about ikuko wanting to become a performer and like running an obstacle course auditioning to be a reporter (laughs) is a little silly so that really stands out in my brain however there was a lot more substance to that episode than I remember. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I wanted to rewatch it was because at the end of episode 38, Usagi has turned back into regular Sailor Moon from Princess Sailor Moon. She's fighting Yoma. And then Prince Endymion shows up with the Shitano, all four of them, and they do a dramatic, like, turnaround. Yeah, and then he pulls a sword on her. Yeah. Yes. Basically, episode 39 does explain that, that... He is being completely serious at this point because he is afraid that she can't control the power of the Silver Crystal and Mm -hmm. she can't stop herself from turning into Princess Sailor Moon, who ultimately may cause the destruction of the The world again. So he's like, if I have to kill you to stop this planet from being destroyed again, I will. Because that's why I was reborn. That's why we were both reborn, was to stop this from happening again. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of making it happen again. 
so oh, good. it's really um, good. It really it's really good. good. In the uh, midst of all the crazy reporting. Exactly. Yes. Well, and, and at the end of the episode, basically, it boils down to she does get her powers under control and he doesn't want to fight her. Yeah. He is trying to prove, actually, to everyone in the Dark Kingdom that she is strong enough and she is not going to let this happen again. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a microphone mishap. I'm sorry. Uh, it's been possessed uh, by Metallica. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Kelby just, just became so enraptured by what's going on. I just got attacked by she, my microphone. She clutched her microphone to her and forgot that it is not locked in place. Sorry. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, yeah. So at the end of the episode, she does manage to regain control of the crystal. And it has to do with her ties to Earth as Usagi because mm-hmm. basically she realizes that Shingo is in danger because Shingo yeah. was trying to get as far away as possible and was on a bridge. Like, and it's, <laughs> It looks like that bridge out of the Great Panda Adventure. It, if anybody it, remembers it, that movie from the 90s. It looks like that bridge. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, I'm done with my mom being crazy. So he like tries to leave. Yeah. And then when the silver crystal goes bad and starts like sending evil shockwaves, he's like hanging from a bridge. And she kind of hears him screaming in her subconsciousness is like, oh, no, Shingo, I have to make this stop or he's right. going to fall in a river and maybe die. Mm-hmm. So, um, Which yeah. also is, um, and I might be reading too much into this, <laughs> but in terms of the reasons that um, Queen Serenity mm-hmm. sent, uh, sent her to be reborn on Earth mm-hmm. – is this is the moment where you see how that plan is a really good idea. Yeah. Because you see uh, yeah. that she's from the moon. She has this whole past life of like understanding moon right. stuff, but now she has this life tethering her to earth where she has a balance. Mm-hmm. So she understands the ramifications of stuff. When mm-hmm. I think that pretty guardian sailor moon explores that the best of any version mm-hmm. of sailor moon is the real importance of them being born to these other lives. Yeah. And in Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, like in Crystal and the manga, they don't make it clear if they've actually been reincarnated, like for real, for real, yeah. or if this is like a Dawn situation yeah. from Buffy, which we've, we've talked about on multiple occasions. Right. However, it does show the significance of them being in those human lives because of their ties to the Earth and the potential to change their fates because of their new given circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had a little refresher course yeah, also, to get um, into. <clears throat> and and on the ridiculous end, uh, mm-hmm. Mamaru has an evil arrowhead in his body by the time we yes, get Yes, that's to, right. By oh, the time yeah, we get to episode 43, 43 which like, we're yeah. also going to talk about, because that uh, was a very Mamaru-centric episode. Yeah. Yes. So in the episode before that, um, Jedi shoves an evil... It's a crystal. It's shaped like an arrowhead. Yeah. It's supposed to be it a looks, crystal. It looks like an Indian <laughs> arrowhead you would buy in a gift shop. Yes, yeah. it does. But basically, he shoves it into Mamaru's chest. Right. And now Mamaru is slowly dying. Right. Because this crystal drains his life energy anytime he thinks about Usagi. It's, it's basically Beryl's way of being like, I am in control of you. It's mm-hmm. a shock collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, totally a shock collar. You better love me or else mm-hmm. you're going to die yeah. a little bit. It kind of reminds me of, and spoilers if you're not watching it, but uh, it consumed my life over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think about it a lot. Uh, the 100 when <laughs> Are you um, watching the 100? Hold on. Side note to everyone listening to mm-hmm. this. Stop what you were doing. Well, finish hey, go. Finish this episode finish, first. Yeah. Don't forget about us. When you're done with this and you're like, man, that episode was great. What else should I do today? What watch you want to do 100. is watch the 100. First season is on Netflix. Mm. I'm not, I'm not even joking. It's so good. 
But uh, the, when when you realize where the Reapers come from, and you see how they condition oh, them to be the way they are, yeah. it reminds me of like the crystal like draining his energy every time he thinks about Usagi. It's just like that yeah. Reaper conditioning. Yes. Well, and and this episode does share a sort of common theme, which carries throughout all of these episodes, which is Usagi's struggle to try to control the princess. Mm-hmm. And and Mamoru had his first strategy, which was, I'm going to pretend like I'm her enemy, tough love. And in this episode, he's like, no, I really need to go to her. Uh, Because I don't have a lot of time left. I don't have a lot of time left. I'm dying. And and Mio actually makes, she like strikes a bargain with him. Yeah. Where she's like, like, (laughs) I'll remove the crystal from your body, but you can go visit Usagi today and you have to return by sundown and you will never see her again. Yep. What? Or you end up in that painting? That painting, I know. Here's That's okay. the other thing um, is the more he dies, the more he gets painted into this like landscape. So here is, is that that weird here is swap me velvet painting uh-huh. I noticed? Yeah. That's what I thought. Here is my question and also a challenge to our um, <laughs> resident Photoshop experts, Adam <laughs> Sam. Is he going to end up in the same painting as the little girl Erica from The Witches? Witches? <laughs> oh my god! Is it going, looks like that though. Is he going to it end really up does. in the house with the ducks in the yard <laughs> um, with the little girl from The Witches? It because does look like it, that. It does look like that. <laughs> it seems oh my like. God. That. Oh my god. That's just so crazy. Oh my brain. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Please Photoshop that. Place. Mamaru next to in Erica. the photo with Erica from the, the witches. witches. Yep. Oh shit. Yep. <laughs> oh Jesus man, Christ. that's so great. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, basically Usagi's having trouble controlling the princess. She turns into the princess again, and Demian and freaks her, out about uh, her it. Her Casio harp keeps playing the yeah, same song. She does. I like that song though. I think yeah, it's I do. It I just it's I really feel pretty. like it's um, really effective. It reminds me of a keyboard that my friend Christy Retz had when she was uh, in grade school, and it there was like a built-in song that would play when you played the Casio. Mm-hmm. It was like this like backbeat song. <laughs> I feel like the harp is mm-hmm. the Casio version of a harp, and there's like a super bitchin' song built into it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, I yep. love it. Don't get me wrong. I love the yeah. song. Yeah. One thing I want to uh, mention at the beginning of this episode, mm-hmm. we we open with a fight. Right. Finally at night, we're finally fighting. Oh, at that night. is true. Oh, yeah. I actually really liked that fight a lot. It was I, a great fight. Yeah. But my Sailor favorite Mercury thing was totally badass in it. But my favorite thing about it is that Usagi comes in and just basically oh. does bitch slap <laughs> foo on that monster. She does. It's true. She, she does open, bitch slap that she monster. She open handed slaps that monster across the face mm-hmm. several times. Mm-hmm. Bitch slap foo. Yep. That's my favorite fight so far. <laughs> it was good. I feel like from this point on, actually, in all the, the series, fights are really a, good. They're really good. There is a lot of bitch slapping. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, for so some reason, we slapping. couldn't we couldn't punch. And I am completely fine with it. No, that's fine. <laughs> bitch slap away. Um, yeah. So there's a scene then where Usagi is sitting around like the kitchen table with her mom and her brother, and her mom asks her about her uh... boyfriend. Which triggers her to have a really emotional scene that I really liked where she's like clutching the watch mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thinking about how cruel Beryl is. Because she Usagi knows about the crystal right. in Mamoru's chest that's killing him. And she gets 
angry about that. Right. And that's something that I really like that they address in Pretty oh, Guardian yeah. Sailor Moon that Mamoru brings up in this episode once he comes back, which is that when Usagi has feelings of anger... It feeds Metallia. It feeds Metallia. Like, mm-hmm. the, the silver crystal feeds Metallia because Metallia is pure negative energy. Yeah. This is like um, Jedi versus Sith stuff going yeah. on. Totally, totally like Jedi versus Sith This is Sith like stuff. the good side of the Force and the dark side of the exactly. Force. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and every time, you know... Usagi becomes Princess Sailor Moon, it's like she's falling deeper into her like yeah. Sith Lord self, right, essentially. Right. Like when Aang goes into the Avatar state out yes, of Yes, yes. It's just exactly. like that. It's yes. just like that. Um, also, uh, side note, I I am I think it's because I saw Freddy Krueger <clears throat> movies <clears throat> way too young. Um, <clears throat> any The fact that Usagi can't fall asleep or she will turn into Princess Sailor Moon. Oh, man. Is, it totally reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street. It reminds yeah. me of Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, that's that's really scary. Same thing with um, The Invasion, the movie, yeah. uh, the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. The thing that scared oh, me so much about it is you don't, if you've been infected, you don't transform until you fall asleep. Ugh. So she's awake for days and she has to keep finding things to keep her awake. <sighs> so the idea of like the psychological pressure of like, if you fall, fall asleep, asleep, the world will end. Oh my like, God. That's a lot of pressure for a teenage girl. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's terrifying. Yeah. So she does fall asleep and turn into the princess. And that is when Mamaru comes back to like the regular world away from the dark kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and all it takes is for him to say her name and she instantly turns back into Usagi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they have this great scene where they are both lying to each other Mm -hmm. and you can tell that they both know that they're they're lying to each other. Oh, yeah. Where he tells her that the crystal's gone and she tells him that she's completely in control of the princess. And it's just... uh, (laughs) All the feelings. Like, this this is the moment where I'm like... I mean, I was slowly getting on board with mm. this version of Mamoru because he's so mm. mean when we first meet him. He is. He's a total And jerk. then, like, the episode where he buys her the watch mm. that we talked about, and that's when I was like, oh, I like that guy. Yeah, he's and, all right. Uh, but this episode, I'm just like, I love also, you so yeah. much. I cried through the whole second half of this episode. She really did, Can though. we... <laughs> He says, I wrote down um, this line, uh, when when he comes back and he, he him showing up, you know, helps Usagi mm-hmm. transform back into Usagi, and Mio tries to come with, he looks at her and Oh, he, that's right! He says, this is an actual quote, does it look like you're invited? Yeah. <laughs> that is a direct I, quote. I, so I watched it by myself and I just went, oh, burn. <laughs> Eat it, Mio. You just want there to be like a whole group of dudes, like it's a rap battle going, oh. <laughs> um, also, um, that was a great moment. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to get to this later. But um, side note, because there's this whole... Um, side plot of the Yoma sucking energy out of people. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and people Just, passing out. And going into coma. Like hardcore. There is at least one person in each dramatic scene of people on the ground where one person is just sitting mm. Not lying down, not slumped, just sitting. 
mm-hmm. and just sort of vaguely staring. And I feel like each time I see the one person who just sat down and is just yeah. staring at his hands, yeah. that's <laughs> the guy who brought his own pants to the extras call. <laughs> Everyone else got put in wardrobe and someone was like, okay, you lie down on the ground. And he was yeah. like, these are my, my jeans. Pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am not, I'm not lying on the ground. <laughs> I am making $65 <laughs> for eight hours. I am not getting my pants dirty. I will sit. I am going to slump <laughs> against this wall or this bench or this tree yeah. and that's going to be fine. That is that's as far as I go. what you get. <laughs> yeah. uh, so basically... There's a fight with the zombie Yoma and the other Senshi are all involved and we mm-hmm. get to see Venus use her physical yeah. chain, which is super cool. <laughs> My favorite thing, though, is that like when she shows up, Ray totally has this moment of like, babe, I told you not to come out here. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because at this I, point, Minako's like real sick. Yeah. I also wrote down, babe. <laughs> Mine says, because they're girlfriends. Mine says, babe. I mean, uh, Venus, normal hello. Yeah. Uh, go home. I told you yeah. not to be here. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of this episode is it, it basically other Yoma show up where Usagi and Mamoru are. She transforms into Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. He mysteriously transforms into Prince Undemian. I would have liked if there was a Prince Undemian transformation. Oh my God. Because I want to know where those fucking shoulder pads are hidden. Because I, here's the thing is, I, you mean those, you mean those lamps? Oh yeah. my God, those, those lampshades. Lamp I shades. like his costume other than those stupid epaulets. That's all that needs to go away and yeah. that costume is sexy. Yeah. yeah. It is, it's But great. no, he's got those ridiculous I Liberace lampshades on his shoulders. <laughs> but yeah, they, they team up, they work together. Usagi kills the Yoma by Stabbing it yeah. with his sword, which, which my, is so, so cool. My note is: this is the first time in Pretty mm. Guardian that we see people knowing what swords are for. I know. Yeah. Right. It's not like Mamoru there and are, drive by slashing. There are multiple <laughs> swords in Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. None of them are used for stabbing. Uh-huh. No, they're not. They shoot powers. Yeah. And and spark when yep. you clang them and together. Spark yep. and clang. This is the first time someone gets stabbed. Interestingly enough, I think the only people who successfully stab anyone in Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon are Usagi and Little Ricky. Yes, oh! it's true. Oh, Little Ricky, you did good. <laughs> good job, oh, Little man. Ricky. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, but after the the monster <laughs> battlecock block happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Um, they have a moment. Oh, it's so good. It's they actually good. kiss in this episode. Yeah, and the way they get away, the way that they got away with it is that they made them silhouettes. Yeah. And you know what? Fuck it, I'll take it. I will I'll take, take it. I'll take it. I was so fun with it. I've been waiting for will. it. This episode featured, one, them kissing, and two, Jupiter doing the thing that I have dreamed about in like <laughs> different genres and fan fictions. She does this attack that I invented in my head mm-hmm. in a fan fiction once. She puts her <laughs> hand on the ground yeah. and electrocutes everything that standing so on the ground. Cool. So and I made a sound that I don't think is human <laughs> because the thing that I have dreamed about happening in a show of any kind happened and I was like, oh, I it's love it. It's happening because if I was if I was Jupiter, that would be my tack. I know everything. So the, fi- cool. the the attacks in the Pretty Guardian, as cheesy as they look, mm-hmm. they are really cool. They are really cool, and when they don't do the like stock footage magical sequences, they actually look pretty. They good. They do look good. They yeah. look really good. Yeah, like when she slams her hand on the ground and mm-hmm. electrocutes everyone. <laughs> that is a re- that is really cool. It does look good. It was. Really, it looks really it was great. good. It was great. Oh um, man! Yeah. So then the monsters are all defeated, and 
Usagi and Mamaru are on the beach, and yes. we see yeah. that. And well, the, Mamaru basically goes, "Fuck your curfew, Barrel. I'm not yeah. coming home when you so said I should." Basically, yeah, the sun sets, and they continue to play on the beach. And then there is this amazing conversation between Kunzite and Zoisite, mm-hmm. where Kunzite's like, "He's throwing his life away for that girl again." Yeah. Ugh. I love the Shitano in they are really, Guardian Sailor Like, they're Moon. ridiculous, but they are really good. The character development they get is yeah. pretty spectacular, plus, though. Yeah. Plus, and I'm hoping this is intentional, mm-hmm. they look like an angel and a devil who would they sit on do. a person's shoulder. Yeah, yeah Zoisite and Kunzite definitely I do. I feel yeah. like I'm I'm watching, like, Lucifer yeah. and Michael yeah, discussing well, and, something. And ultimately, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we're going to skip over the episode where Zoisite does get killed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> spoilers, Zoisite gets killed. You knew that she didn't know we're yeah, all going to die. Yeah, that she didn't they know die anyway. Die. Um, <laughs> but Zoisite does end up Sacrificing, sacrificing himself. himself to save her. Yeah. Yeah. To save Usagi. Yeah. So, you know, I I mean, we'll we'll talk about Kunzite's death in the next episode, so I don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> but it's good. Uh yeah, I agree with you though. Like it is there is like an angel and devil quality yeah. about it. This episode was just really good. It was really, really good. good. Also, it was really good. The thing that makes Crystal and Pretty Guardian better is the fact that these are all characters who have lived two lifetimes. Yes. And these are the two versions where you see history mm-hmm. in relationships. Yeah, yeah, I agree. These I these people know each other. I actually would have... Uh, I Crystal is basically a direct page-to-screen translation yeah. of the manga. It pretty much To is. the screen. Yeah. Which is great. I love seeing that. However, I, I actually would have liked Sailor Moon Crystal to spend 26 episodes just on the first story arc and for us to get as much of the Shitano and as much of that sense of these are people who mm-hmm. are living their lives again and watching the exact same tragedy go down reoccur. Yeah. And we're watching, um, mm-hmm. to go back, uh, I always talk about Joss Whedon. Uh, <laughs> when, he's, when he discusses Firefly, he says that Firefly is six different people looking out into space and seeing different things. Yeah. This is Pretty Guardian specifically is a group of people who all lived the same tragedy yeah. and died and when they were reborn took different things from it. Yes, yeah, they all exactly have very true. different opinions about it. Everybody yeah. experienced the same tragedy mm-hmm. and developed entirely different reactions to mm-hmm. what's going on yeah. and their own past lives. Yeah. Uh, if you have not watched Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, I you hope if this podcast achieves nothing else, we convince you to watch, watch it. it. And and it's it takes it, it's an adjustment. When you first start watching it, you're gonna yeah. be like, what, what on earth? This? Yeah. The special effects in the first episode are particularly so terrible. Yeah. Just stick with roll it. with it because it gets to such a beautiful emotional level. And I think it is my favorite on-screen version. Of Sailor Moon. Are the attacks ridiculous? Yes. yes. <laughs> are the monsters Power Ranger monsters? Oh, yeah, Literally they are. Literally the Yoma. Literally the, they are. The zombie Yoma that Metallica generates are actual putties in and, Grim Reaper ropes. Yeah, and and these, the, the, the more they show up, the less they try <laughs> to mask it. Yep. It's true. In this episode, you could see their, their like, faces. And their faces. I mean, um, they oh, are literally the, the monster. The monster that she stabs looks like <laughs> the mascot for a startup e-cigarette company. Yep, it's it a 
does. But even does. with that, like these ridiculous monsters and mm-hmm. the gymnastics fights, the <laughs> character <laughs> development. So good. The character work is so beautiful. I, you know what? I'm, I'm with you. I think this is my favorite version of Sailor yeah. Moon ever. Like the characters it's are. I think the stage musicals are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> the new stage musicals are amazing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what amazing. I'm saying. The new stage musicals uh, are my favorite version oh. of Sailor Moon. But this one is really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. And I, I would actually argue in some ways that like the musicals are the same kind of adjustment because yeah. there are there is a level of ridiculousness to it. Because they're bursting into song. They're bursting into song. And and on top of that, like this was drawn as a manga and animated for a reason. It's, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous yeah. to see in real life. In live action, yeah. But these actors are so they're good. They're superb. They're really good. Flawless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the scene uh, if I were teaching an acting class, I would give people the scene between Usagi and Mamoru when they are convincing each other that everything is it's okay. Yeah. I completely agree. I would that was some hand that to writing. someone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. We love you. It's really good. Yeah. And, and you know what? You uh, They've since taken it off of YouTube. Yeah. Um, but you can totally find it on uh, misstream.org, which yes. is where all the manga, manga tra- yeah, translations that's where we are anyway. Manga translations so, as well. So, I mean, get over there, download it, download it, watch it. Yeah, it's it it's spectacular. Support misstream. Uh, this podcast could not happen no, without it's it. So yeah, true. It literally would not we, be possible. We could not happen without misstream.org. So. Anybody from misdream.org, if you're listening to this podcast, thank, thank you so much. And uh, if you live in LA and you would like to be a guest, yeah, on this please podcast, come and hang out with us. us. We would love to hang yeah. with you. We'll feed you. Yep, we will. Uh, sadly, the site that I was using to get all of the <sighs> PSAs, the sailor says, from the 90s anime seems to have mysteriously disappeared. Uh, Why do I, they hate us? They, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, obviously our podcast is getting so popular. <laughs> Deke realized we were bad-mouthing oh them. Oh, my God. Dude, guys, did we crash the site? Dude. I think we did. I think we broke the internet. <laughs> when you said that our, our our podcast has gotten so popular, I just had a flash to... Um, um, Kim Pine from Scott Pilgrim saying all our shows are secret shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> all our shows are secret shows. Ours are not though, because they're on iTunes, which is like yeah. the place for podcasts. Well, right. Don't say it's secret, then everyone thinks they're special. Oh, you're right. <laughs> everyone you're right. listening to this shows. podcast, you are at the secret show. That's right. You are special. You didn't find this through the iTunes store or any other kind of no. internet directory of podcasts. You are it just smart. fell into your lap. It just yeah. You are you are good at finding stuff that's good, and you're better than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for those of you that would like to find this podcast by more conventional manners, yes, please. <laughs> uh, you can find us uh, pretty much everywhere as Love and Justice Pod on Facebook. We're Love and Justice, a serious Sailor Moon podcast, and then on Twitter we are at LNJ Pod. That's letter L, letter N, as in Nancy, letter J, as in Justice Pod. You can follow us there, and we always post all the links to our new episodes and tweet about other fun <laughs> stuff going on in our lives. Yeah. Uh, we're also all on Twitter. Lola, we're, what are you? I am uh, at at Unwynona. And uh, it's on Twitter. I'm on Tumblr. Uh, and basically anywhere you find the words Unwynona, that's me. <laughs> Kelby? I can be found on Twitter at Real Feminerdity, as in for realsy reals. And then on Tumblr, Feminerdity... 
and Instagram also femininity <laughs> and with no real yeah because those jerks stole your twitter handle yeah they did but you know what uh the last time i checked their archives they hadn't posted in a while so i'm hoping that website slowly dies out so i can and reclaim can... it and be like this is mine like a beautiful vulture take yep. back what is yours take back what has been with stolen. fire and blood <laughs> i fucking will Dracaris, bitch. <laughs> and I am on the Twitter uh, as at Emma Fife. You can also find Emma Fife on Facebook uh, and Instagram and Emma Fife anywhere Emma Fife's are. That's probably me. I'm the first Emma Fife that shows up if you Google me, oh, but I don't snap. know if that happens for everybody or just for me because well, I, mean, you're I am Googling from my own Google you're Drive. You're the only Emma Fife <laughs> I know, so. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Lola wrote a short story. You want to tell us a little right. bit about that, Lola? Uh, well, I have a short story. Um, for those who don't know, Blumhouse, the film company mm-hmm. that made Insidious, they made... Um, Conjuring? Conjuring, I think. Yeah, yeah. They made, I'm like, what is that movie that traumatized me from the trailer? <laughs> she won't even watch it. <laughs> um, the, they are known for their horror movies. They are branching out into publishing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Doubleday is releasing a book called Blumhouse Book of Nightmares. And they did a contest for stories to uh, include. Uh, in their collection. So basically, you could submit a short story. The theme was urban horror. They were going to pick six finalists and the person who gets the most votes on the site. uh, If you look up Blumhouse, Book of Nightmares, you will find it. Uh, They pick six stories. One of them is mine. Yay! So (laughs) the story is called Shirtwaist. If you have questions spelling Shirtwaist, (laughs) it's the word shirt and waist as in the midsection of your body. As in the midsection yeah. of your body. It is loosely based on a real life tragedy called the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire, which hmm. um, is I'm gonna look that up now. heartbreaking and disturbing. Essentially, it's the story of what if a building where something horrible happened to a bunch of women uh, remembered what had happened to it and woke up. Ooh, I just got chills right now. It really yeah. creeps me out. Go to, um, if I'm not sure when the contest ends. However, uh, if you get this, Look up Blumhouse Book of Nightmares and look for the short story contest. Look for me. I will be listed under Lyndon Binkard, which is the name that I use for my authory things. It's me. It's Unwinona. (laughs) It's me. It's Lola. Shirtwaist. Vote for it. It's pretty good. I've read it. And it's not one of those annoying contests where it's like, vote once a day. It's like, literally, you can vote once yeah. with one email yeah. address. And this is not this is not um, a Kickstarter. This no. is not a self-published no, no. This is Doubleday. This is a major, major publisher. Right. Um, I sound very calm. Uh, I am. Out, though. It's I pretty am, cool. I am freaking out. Well, I out. mean, like, aren't there other really big names that are going to be published in that as well? Yeah, it's, it's going to be all. It's a. It's a major. Th- that's the thing I should clarify. Um, the the contest was for a story. Uh, the winner. There are six stories. The winner of that will be included in this collection. Yeah. Everyone else involved in this collection is an established or horror author. author. Yeah. So, like, is Clive Barker going to have something? Oh my god, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure who the other authors it's, are going to uh, be. But it's, this is a major, major deal. publishing. It's thing. a big deal. <laughs> this is this is kind of a really big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so please, Sweet. please. Go vote for Lola. <laughs> if if you have any trouble finding me, um, I have sort of taken over the shirtwaist hashtag on Tumblr, <laughs> which before me was just a lovely collection of um dresses. So if you if you forget everything else, uh just say, Oh, I remember I'm supposed to check Twitter for shirtwaist, you will find me. 
Yes. Uh, also, if any of you guys are fans of the sci-fi television series Face Off, uh, I am hosting the after show with the AfterBuzz TV network. They do after shows. You can find their all their after shows on iTunes as well. So if you're over on iTunes, like listening to us and you're like, hey, I want to check out wrap-up shows for my favorite show on TV, AfterBuzz probably has it. But if that happens to be Face Off, you can look up Face Off. It's like the second thing that comes up in the iTunes store if you look for it in the podcast section. Uh, also, if you guys do want to actually watch it. We do record it on camera uh, in addition to audio format. So if you go over to YouTube and you go to the face-off page on the AfterBuzz YouTube page, then the first one to come up will be season eight, episode one, and you'll see my face talking about sci-fi. Look for the captivating blonde (laughs) with the short hair. Yeah, you'll see me uh, talking about sci-fi's face-off. And if you want to tune into the live stream, we actually do stream live at approximately 8.05 p.m. Pacific time, Every Thursday. So yep. check that out. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing anything interesting with my life. So oh. I, I'm working minimum wage job. Oh. If you come to Burbank Target, I could be really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Please just show up and give her like, be like, can you show me sweaters? I love you. <laughs> I mean, that would be really nice if, if people would just like come up and be like, excuse me. And I mean, I have a name tag. I'm the only Kelby that works at the store. So you'll know it's me. If you could just come to the store and be like, excuse me, miss, I'm looking for, hi, I watch your podcast. I just, that'd be great. I just came to let you know that, that I believe in you. Like I could, I could really use that. Like tuxedo mask. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to come in and throw a rose and yell, believe in yourself and run away, that'd be even better. Do it. Perfect. I'd love Uh, that. Yeah, guys. So (laughs) thanks so much for tuning into this podcast. We love you. We do. uh, We'll I want to hug and smooch all your faces. All of you. Hashtag shirtwaist. And uh, <laughs> you'll be hearing from all of us again very soon. Bye. Bye.